open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 23. First Samuel 23, this past week in preaching in Ohio, one night this passage came up among several and they seem to be um, not familiar with this passage at all and that got me thinking about the passage and, and to speak on this passage this evening. Let's just read the first 14 verses of 1 Samuel 23. The text says, And they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are plundering the threshing floors. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go to attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and deliver Keilah. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the ranks of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once more. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and he led away their livestock and struck them with a great slaughter. Thus David delivered the inhabitants of Keilah. Now it came about when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah that he came with an ephod in his hand. When it was told Saul, David had come to Keilah Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he shut himself in by entering a city with double gates and bars. So Saul summoned all the people for war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. Now David knew that Saul was plotting evil against him. So he said to Abiathar the priest, bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant heard, your servant has heard for certain that Saul is seeking to come to Keilah to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into your hand? Will Saul come down just as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will surrender you. Then David and his men, about 600 arose and departed from Keilah, and they went wherever they could go when it was told David, told Saul that David had escaped from Keilah. He gave up the pursuit. David stayed in the strongholds, in the, in the strongholds and remained in the hill country in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. 
Before we look at a couple of things in this text, we'll say a little bit about the context. First of all, you may be wondering, where is Keilah? In Joshua 15, verse 24, this was a city assigned to Judah. A city assigned to Judah in the southern part of their land. Now, we're going to borrow some from some of the context. Some of the things that went right before this and emphasize a contrast between David and Saul. The last time we saw Saul before this account, you know what he did? In 1 Samuel 22, verse 19, he struck Nob, the city of the priests, with the edge of a sword, both men and women, children and infants, also oxen, donkeys, and sheep, he struck with the edge of the sword. Nob was a, an Israelite city. Nob was a city of God's people. Saul had refused to destroy the Amalekites in this kind of fashion when God told him to, but now he is taking upon himself to destroy this Israelite priestly city. While Saul destroyed Nob, David delivers Keilah. You remember in John 10 how Jesus comes, Jesus says, the good shepherd comes to give life. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Who is acting the role of a good shepherd? Who is acting the role a thief here. Saul, who is supposed to be their king, wipes out the men of Nob. And yet David is going to deliver this city of Keilah. Right in the context of destroying the city of Nob, the reason that Saul destroyed the city of Nob is because Ahimelech, the priest, had inquired of the Lord for David. He had inquired of the Lord for David. As a result of that, he kills not only all the city of Nob, but he kills 85 priests. This was a deed so evil that when Saul told his men to do it, they would not do it. They would not obey. But Doeg the Edomite obeys and kills 85 priests. Saul kills priests. David uses the priest to inquire of God. When Saul was appointed king, this statement was made. It was made to Samuel. 1 Samuel 9 and verse 16. You shall be prince, or Samuel made it to Saul. You shall be prince over my people Israel. And he shall deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have... For I have regarded my people because their cry has come against me. But notice, Saul is going to deliver the people from the hands of the Philistines. Who is delivering the people from the hands of the Philistines? Who is delivering the people from the hands of the Philistines? Is Saul doing it? That was why he was appointed. But David 
is the one that's fighting the Philistine. David's the one doing that. And Saul is spending all his time fighting David. Now I hope I can paint this picture adequately so that you can appreciate some of the heroic nature and the sadness of this account. Think about where this could be going. But the Bible tells us in verse 1, looking at the text more carefully, they told David the Philistines are fighting against Keilah. David hears this information. David is the one looked upon as deliverer. David is the one that they go to with this problem, whoever the they is in verse 1, that they are plundering Keilah with its threshing floor. And often an army, an enemy army would come through and take all of the grain that the people had harvested and that was a way of demoralizing the opponent and feeding themselves, taking care of themselves. What does David do before he does anything, before he acts? The text tells us in verse 2, he inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. That's something that wasn't characteristic of Saul, but it is characteristic of David. David inquired of the Lord and says, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said, go and attack these Philistines. Well, David's men said, David, we're scared to death already when we're right here in the land trying to hide from the men of Saul. How much more if we go to Keilah and fight against the Philistines? We can't do that. So David, in order to assure them, David, in order to make sure he was right, inquires of the Lord once again. And the Lord gives the same answer that he had given before. The Lord answered and said, go to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. David was so careful, he inquires of the Lord twice to make sure this is exactly what the Lord wants. And in verse 5, when his men went to Keilah and fought against it, they defeated them. They delivered the inhabitants of Keilah. Now some of you may wonder, why is it that they took their livestock? Why in the world would the Philistines take livestock when they're making an offensive attack against the land of Israel? And all I can think of is maybe they're taking these livestock because they will need them to carry back all the grain that they believe they will take from Keilah. But the men of Keilah were in distress. Somebody sends a message to David. And David comes to their rescue. David comes to their deliverance. And the Bible tells us in verse 6 that Abiathar had joined David's forces. We were told that story at the end of 1 Samuel chapter 22. But Saul hears about this. In verse 7, Saul hears about this and he immediately thinks that what is going on is the Lord is giving 
David into his hands. He misinterprets the providence of God. God has delivered him into my hand, for he shut himself in by entering to a city with double gates and bars. It is amazing to me when you look at these accounts how much spying and counter-spying is going on. Well, Saul knows David's in Keilah. David hears Saul is planning on coming. And again, David doesn't act first. But he tells Abiathar, you bring the ephod. A priestly garment in this case. Bring the ephod. And they inquire of God once again. David inquired of God in verse 2, in verse 4, in verses 9 through 12. Bring the ephod here. In verse 10, or verse 11, he asked God two questions. The first question, or at least the first one God answers, will Saul come down as your servant has said? And the Lord says, yes, he will come down. And then the question in verse 12. Will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, yes. When these people needed it, where was it? David had been there. David had rescued them. David had delivered them. David delivered them though he knew his men were in danger to begin with. But they heard the Philistines have attacked Keilah. They come to the aid of the city. They rescue them and they deliver. They deliver the city from the hand of the Philistines. But as the city is walled and David and his men are inside, David and his 600 men, he says, will the Philistines hand us over to them? Saul has already shown himself willing to destroy cities and destroy people who will not comply with his will. Will Keilah hand us over to Saul? Yes. Now that doesn't happen. Because David and his men leave in verse 13. And verse 14 tells us the answer to verse 7. Saul saw him every day. But God did not deliver him into his hand. Saul misinterpreted providence in verse 7. But God is rescuing 
David. Now, have you ever heard of anything like that? Somebody comes to deliver, to rescue, to save. And yet they are rejected and handed over to the enemy. I think when we read this, we are meant to read this from David's perspective. And to think what a sense of betrayal. What a sense of wrong that he experienced. When these people he saved handed him over to be treated in this way. Well, I'm sure some of you have already realized where this is going. The Bible tells us that David delivered Keilah. He delivered Keilah. In the Septuagint of 1 Samuel 23 verse 5, it tells us that he saved Keilah. He saved Keilah. Some of the versions, some of the Greek versions have that at 1 Samuel 23 verse 2 as well. But it is the same because it is a Greek version. It is interestingly the same word that is used in this passage. She shall bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from his sins just like just like David saved or delivered the city of Keilah it was announced at the birth of Jesus that he would save, that he would deliver. He shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. It is also the word used in Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter 19 verse 10 which was referenced a couple of times this morning where the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost Jesus came to save Jesus came to deliver Jesus came to rescue just as David rescued the people of Keilah so Jesus comes to rescue and save as well. And the question is asked in verse 11, in verse 12, will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Same question in verse 12. Will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? This particular word, hand over. This particular word, surrender. However it's translated in your version. A lot of the Greek translations have the same word that is used of Judas betraying Jesus. Just as the men of Keilah were going to hand over David to Saul and let him do let Saul do to him what he wanted. That same word is used for Judas betraying Jesus. And it is also the same word that is used for handing over Jesus to the authorities. 
whether it be the Jewish authorities or whether it be the Roman authorities. If we read this account, if we read 1 Samuel chapter 23, and we identify with David in the esteem he felt at betrayal and mistreatment. All of that is to lead us, all of that leads us to a more profound appreciation of what Jesus experienced. And I will say, from our hand, it was from the hands of the Roman authorities. It was from the hands of the Jewish people. It was from the hands of all who shouted, crucify him. And so in a certain way, though we read this story from the standpoint of David, maybe our real identification is with the people of Keilah. And yet the amazing thing is that through this rejection, through this betrayal, through this handing over of the deliverer, the door of salvation was open to us. It is truly remarkable to see how God weaves man's failures, man's cowardness, man's disloyalty, and man's sin into the fabric of salvation. As Joseph said, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. God weaves these things together for our salvation. May those things be helpful to you. Let's pray. Oh Lord our God, we are in awe every time we open your word and we see what you have shown us of yourself. You see how you take our sin and our rebellion and you bring through salvation through that. May we stand in awe of you, O oh God, in awe of your salvation, in awe of the mercy that's bonded. Help us to walk in your ways, to do what's right in your sight, so that we might be pleasing to you and we might give you glory. In Jesus we pray. Amen. If you are here tonight and you see your need for his forgiveness, for his mercy, 
If you believe in Jesus, and are willing to repent of your sins, and be baptized in Christ, we want to help you to be His disciples. We invite you to come.